Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for, wow, it's already May the 3rd in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two in our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is indeed our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. I am indeed live from the road. And man, have we got a barn burner broadcast for you today. First hour, all kinds of interesting news that networks refuse to use tidbits. And then we move straight into second hour of the broadcast, simulcast with Brighty on TV, Brighty on radio, and the Sheriff Mac show. So without further ado, let's do a recap. We were not live Friday, Saturday, or Monday. Uh, I've been on the road. I've been traveling. And a lot of times on the road, it's pretty easy to go live. But uh, you know what? When I'm in the Eastern time zone, for example, the show is 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. When you're traveling, when you're visiting with people, when you're doing certain things, that time frame is very, very hard just to uh, stop and do the show. So we've had some rebroadcasts. Hopefully they've been educational rebroadcasts. Uh, on Monday, for example, we played the 19th, that's um, April 19th show. And that's the show Tuesday morning that we went live from Montevallo, Alabama. And what we did was we reversed the hours of the show. So we put a hour A or first hour uh, as B. And our B is A. And the reason we did that is because Brighty on radio covers the second hour of our show. But they don't get the first hour broadcasts ever. And so we thought if we reverse those hours, then, hey, on Brighty on radio, then you would hear the Tom Jones interviews and uh, the live from Montevallo and all that kind of stuff. So there you have it. Um, we did that on Monday. Friday and Saturday were older broadcasts, uh, but just as riveting and just as relevant as they, they were when they were delivered. It's amazing to me when I listen to my radio shows. Uh, if I listen to them two, three, four, five years later, or I listen to the speeches that I gave two, three, four, five, ten years later, they're as relevant as the day that they were delivered. It's amazing to me. Uh, it's not that I'm so important. It's that it's news that I refuse to use. It's that, you know what, it's timeless, most of it. It's, it's information that the mainstream press simply will not tell you most of it. Uh, and it, even if they tell you the story, they don't tell you our take on the story. They don't give you our perspective on our side. What is our perspective? Our side is about God, family, and country, right? I mean, God, the mainstream press never talk about. Family, rarely. Uh, oftentimes, if they mention the family, it's in a perverted sense, right? Country, I mean, they, anything they say about the country is to down the country or to hate the founding fathers or to hate the principles that made America great, or to stand against the free market, the free enterprise system. I mean, I could go on and on. You get it, right? That's why what we focus on is so riveting, so incredible, so important, so timeless, right? Because they just don't cover it the way we do. They don't look back on the founders with favor. They don't look at the legacy that we must carry forward. See, they don't believe in the dream. They don't believe in the legacy of America. 
I mean, they claim they do, but when it comes down to the principles that make sure that into the future we have the liberties that we've had, they don't do that. They don't care. They don't understand it. They don't approve of it. They don't appreciate it. They don't, you know, consider it valuable at all. Anyway, I digress. I'm just telling you that, wow. So we're not live Friday, Saturday, or Monday, but we hoped to have some incredible broadcasts for you. Today we are live, and, man, I got a quick recap of Thursday's show because we were live on Thursday, by the way. We had our guest on, Brian Rust, at RustQuinnagift.com, doing a phenomenal job. We also had his buddy on, Kelly Finnegan, uh, senior chemist. Both of them joined us on the air. We talked, of course, about the Honest Money Report, the update on constitutional currency, gold and silver. We also talked about the landmark digital money legislation put forth by Congress in bed with Joe Biden. The goal is to wipe out cash. This is a blatant attempt to control every issue of your life, including your money. New cash law will be disaster for savers. If you save money, this law will be a disaster because your money will absolutely uh, become worth less and less and less as they continue to... Uh, what promote the perversion and eventually if they release reduce cash entirely or get rid of cash entirely in our society what's going to be the result is any cash you have eventually will be completely absolutely and utterly worthless right that's the problem we also talked the world about the world economic forum they call it the world economic forum 2030 and you will have nothing and you will be happy they say Wow, I'll have nothing and be happy. That sounds interesting. I agree that our lives can be too cluttered and that we got to have less. Sometimes less is more. I concur with the general idea, but I'll have nothing and I'll be happy. I don't know about that. And uh, what about self-determination? Will I have that? Nope, you won't have anything, right? I'll never be happy without self-determination, ladies and gentlemen. Without my agency, I will, I will reject their tyranny with every fiber of my being, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, does the end of cash mean the end of privacy? I think the answer is clearly a resounding yes. Brian uh, and uh, Kelly both agreed with that. You know what? The end of cash means the end of privacy because, hey, everything will be digital. Everything will be online. Everything will be in the, quote, what, blogosphere? The Internet of Things, whatever you want to call it. Okay, that that's the problem. They'll be able to monitor everything that I do at the least. And really, they'll be able to control all that I do. All it'll take is the flip of a switch and say, Sam, you're not buying or selling anything. Flip of a switch, Sam, you don't have a voice anymore. Wow, that was all in hour one. Incredible broadcast. Again, it's days ago, but as relevant as when it was delivered, right? Hour two was just as riveting. Hour two, we had our guest on, Mr. Pete Sepp, president of the National Taxpayers Union. NTU.org is the voice of America's taxpayers, mobilizing public officials and we the people and citizens on behalf of tax relief and tax reform, NTU.org. Well, we talked about if I have nothing and I am happy, how will I pay any taxes? <laughs> I brought up that question and Pete outright laughed, going, you're right, good point, you know. We talked about markets show the perils of arbitrary antitrust legislation. We talked about that big time. We also talked about the fact that an abusive IRS was handed a decisive defeat in court. That's great news. Yeah, you got to go read about that at NTU.org. We talked about, quote, increasing complexity, bring back bigger compliance burdens, Time and cost burdens, believe it or not, increased in 2021. 
Yeah, this tax season alone, ladies and gentlemen, what are we talking about? It's the 2021 tax season, even though we're in 2022, right? So anyway, this tax season, 2021, if you will, taxpayers spent over $6.5 billion hours filing their taxes. That's an increase of 451%, ladies and gentlemen. The total compliance burden of the tax code totals $339 million. Oh, I'm sorry, billion, $339 billion. Think about that, $339 billion. And what, how many hours? Yeah. Wow. 6.5 billion hours, $339 billion. When can we come to our senses and jettison the current system that we've got? We all agree that paying appropriate limited taxes makes sense to carry forward the country's interests. We get it. But do we have to have this accumulated time spent on taxes to be so abusive? It stretches out to over 745,000 years if you look at the total time. Tax forms, believe it or not, dominate the government uh, paperwork burden. Yeah, uh, tax forms dominate. People spend more time filling out tax forms than any other government compliance reality. The tax code, by the way, is expanding once again. It's slowed under the Donald Trump. In fact, they say it reduced slightly. But, folks, wow. Anyway, that's a recap of the broadcast that took place last Thursday. And hopefully the riveting broadcasts between were valuable and educational if you missed them or whatever. All right, that's a recap of yesterday or of Thursday's show. News the Network's Refused to Use starts today. And I start out with a sad tale to tell. You know, Becky Akers was on the radio with me every month for years. Wonderful, wonderful lady. Uh, her and her husband were dear friends of mine. Becky and Mark were just great friends. Would go to New York and go on walks with Becky. Would go out to eat. And um, she would bring me uh, cookies. She made these incredible homemade cookies that were just delicious. And um, anyway, uh, good, great friends. Uh, myself and my wife would go out with Becky and her husband um, whenever we could. We kept in touch. But the headline says, Becky Akers, R.I.P. Rest in peace. LouRockwell.com has the article. And I talked to Mark. I'll tell you about that in just a second. Three months ago, Becky was diagnosed with a very aggressive cancer, which had already um, metastasized into her colon, liver, and her lungs. Of course, Becky fought with every fiber of her being. She tenaciously fought it and lost. She's now passed away. Here's what Mark had to say. My darling Becky went very peacefully at 1 a.m. on the Monday morning following Easter. She made a beautiful little sound of goodbye and a tear found in her eye. Her passing away puts her at peace. We'll talk more in seconds. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live.
Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present day church. Rather, it is for the end time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. All right, back with you live. Becky Akers, rest in peace, my dear friend. So her husband emailed me. He says, my darling Becky went very peacefully at 1.07 a.m. on the Monday morning following Easter. She made a beautiful little sound of goodbye and a tear formed in her eye. She is at peace. And then he quotes Numbers 6.26 which basically means God will look after you. Go look it up, Numbers 6.26 in the Bible. And it basically says that God will, will care for you and you'll eventually rest in peace. That's if you're a follower, though, ladies and gentlemen. I don't mean to be rude. I'm just saying that's if you believe in Christ and follow Christ, and that is the opportunity of blessing that God provides to the followers, to those believers. Uh, Becky was no doubt a follower of Christ. Becky was no doubt a believer in our Savior Jesus Christ. With every fiber of her being, she fought for liberty. Becky wrote for several different organizations, ladies and gentlemen, and she appeared on many radio shows and many media. But Mark emails me and says, Sam, she particularly enjoyed the opportunity to participate with you monthly on Liberty Roundtable Live. Thank you so very much for your support of her efforts to support freedom and individual responsibility. God bless you as you continue to battle the beast, he says. Amen to that. Anyway, I appreciate Mark and all that he does. Uh, he's still a dear friend, and we'll be keeping in touch, and our prayers are with him and his family. No doubt about it, Becky was a dear friend and a serious loss. Uh, when it comes to the sacred cause of liberty, we need her voice. Boy, howdy, do we, we're just losing too many liberty-loving folks, I'll tell you that right now. Oh, and I fear for the country with less of us. We already don't have enough of us as it is, right? 
Uh, that's not my opinion. Anyway, just thought I'd bring that to your attention. All right, now, we've got several other news the networks refuse to use stories I need to bring to your attention, folks. The first one, we got to talk about Tom Jones, man. Uh, at Quick Proof is the hashtag. At Quick Proof, because he's not willing to quit. Quick pr- Quit. Let me say that again. Quit Proof. Tom Jones. 14 marathons down. 62 to go, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. The run for freedom is on. And it's pretty cool because uh, Tom is running. If you want to learn more about it, you can go to um, unitedwepledge.org slash V, the number two, and V. Unitedwepledge.org slash V to V is where you can keep track of Tom's incredible run. And uh, rain or shine, man, the guy's out there tearing it up. A marathon a day for 76 days. He left Montevallo, Alabama on the 19th. July the 2nd, he'll be uh, rolling into, I should say running, (laughs) into uh, Hurricane Utah uh, so that they can create the second um, American Village. It's going to be just something to behold. We're going to be there at that event as well. We're going to be talking to Tom here soon. It's been that I've been on the road and Tom's been running. We haven't had a chance to coordinate, but I will get Tom back on the radio uh, soon to really talk about this incredible uh, event. But anyway, Tom Jones, quit proof, hashtag quick proof. If you want to keep up with what Tom is doing, 14 marathons down, 62 to go. The run for freedom is on. All right, I thought I'd bring that to your attention. Just a cool story, in my opinion. Tom Jones, man, what a what a leader. What an extreme athlete. What an example to us all, huh? All right, now there's a news story, and I want to put perspective on it for you folks, ladies and gentlemen. All the conservatives are jumping up and down with excitement. They're all getting just crazy happy. Headline says this. Supreme Court leak on Roe versus Wade. And they're just telling you it's awesome, man. It looks like, you know, they're going to have success, Roe versus Wade. They're going to overturn the abortion uh, rights, so to speak. It really would be an abortion privilege granted by the courts taken away now, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all the conservatives are just jumping up and down going, this is just phenomenal news, Sam. This is incredible. My headline says the following in relation to this. Ready? Supreme Court leak on Roe versus Wade. Not so fast. That's what I'm saying. You know, folks, I don't know why there would be a leak in this case, but they claim there was. There may have been a leak, but I believe, and write this down, I believe it was an intentional leak. Trust me, until it's in fine ink, complete, decided, we don't know what the Supreme Court's going to do. And I'm convinced this leak was intentional in an effort to rally the pro-death folks. And to see who's got the upper hand, the pro-death of the pro-life folks, and to really dig into this and say, hey, where, we don't know which way to rule on this because we've we got to put our finger in the wind, right? And we just don't know where this should go. So what we're going to do is we're going to leak our decision that we're going to do something. And if the repercussions are just too crazy, then maybe we won't do it. Or maybe we'll have a backup ruling. And then that way we can kind of mock the leakers at the same time as we can, you know, um, you know, we'll take the anger out of the decision 
um, you know, will. And so they're they're, in my opinion, feeling their way. This leak is not accidental. It's intentional. Trust you me. And the reality is that even if the leak is real, you can't count on the justices staying with it. They might say, hey, it was leaked. We don't want uh, to just deliver what was leaked. So we're now going to tweak it. I don't know what the agenda is. I don't know who's behind the agenda. I don't know who has control. I don't know any of those things. I'm not an insider in government by any means. So I don't have a, an inside scoop or a handle on this. But I do have incredible intelligent analysis capabilities here. And the idea that it was leaked by mistake is bogus. Wow, we got a leak by mistake. It's going to be incredible. The Supreme Court's going to jettison Roe versus Wade. It's going to be phenomenal. And uh, count on it. And I don't think so. Not so fast. I wish it were true because I'm, I'm against the pro-death agenda. I absolutely double down in pro-life. I think Roe versus Wade was uh, an immoral jettison of case precedent, a uh, jettison of all we hold dear, jettisoning of the proper role of limited government in the first place. So don't, don't misunderstand me. I think Roe versus Wade's absolutely bogus. And I pray that they really double down in pro-life like nobody's business. But I don't believe it, and I don't accept that at face value. The idea that there was a leak, and oh my goodness, we got scooped. Now we're going to release the exact decision that was leaked and go, yep, it was leaked, but there it is. And, you know, I don't think so. I think this is going to give justices time to scramble. They're going to give a chance to kind of throw out a trial balloon. They're going to give a chance to kind of say, hey, what will happen? Will everybody riot and melt down? What, how bad will it be if we stand for pro-life? And then how bad will it be if we continue the pro-death stance? That's been the case for 50 years. How, what, and, and they're really just, in my opinion, checking out society's response how big will the repercussions really be right how bad will it really be if they double down you know we'll see all that i don't know i'm just telling you that i'm convinced that's what they're trying to find out and i believe that the decision will not be what was leaked it might be fairly pro-life it might be that they're just hey giving the pro-death folks a little heads up so they don't absolutely lose their minds and riot in the streets, maybe a pre-release will help with that and kind of calm them down and say, hey, you know, I don't know. Or it might be a turnabout, a turn on a dime uh, where it'll be totally different than we've been told. I don't know. And I don't know how genuine the leak is. I don't know any of those things. I just know this. If you think we've got it in the bag, almost got me. <laughs> Not so fast. Don't believe in it yet. Don't get too much of your hopes up. In other words, return I'm sorry, remain eternally vigilant. That's what I'm saying. Remain eternally vigilant because it ain't over yet, baby. I'm telling you right now, the fat lady ain't saying on this one. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, Becky was a pro-life person, as much so as you could get. She was pro-life, pro-family, pro-male and female marriage relationships. Um, and, and that's what I am. And that's what a lot of us are that listen to this program, most of us. Uh, but I'm telling you, don't get your hopes up too much thinking we've got this Roe versus Wade thing in the bag, that this leaked data is what you can count on. I'm telling you this, I don't think it'll come out exactly as we're told. I could be wrong. You know, I was wrong. I said I didn't think that Elon Musk could get a hold of Twitter. But he did, so I'm a little bit surprised. Now, we'll see when I say he did, because it's not finalized yet, right? We've just been told by your mainstream press that he did, right? So I don't really know uh, the end of that yet. We'll keep an eye on that ball. Uh, I just don't believe that things go in our favor much. When good people stand up, wonderful things happen. I get it and agree. But I don't believe that we can count on 
many things these days because there's not enough Americans that stand on principle. There's just not. All right. So when we talk about Roe versus Wade, all right, be careful. Supreme Court leak on Roe versus Wade, I would say not so fast. Keep an eye on that ball, but be very, very hesitant. Be eternally vigilant that we do advocate for the pro-life agenda. Don't let up one bit because pro-life is so sacred, so important, so essential to the sacred cause of liberty. I mean, look, pro-life and liberty are synonyms, aren't they? There's no liberty without life, is there? All right, hang tight. More in seconds. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. A federal jury on Monday convicted a New York Police Department veteran, Thomas Webster, of assaulting an officer during January 6, rejecting his claim that he was defending himself. Guilty of six charges, the assault charge alone is punishable by up to 20 years in prison. Uh, Chief Justice Roberts is just so upset, I can imagine, because he's lost control. People will think, at least, he's lost control of the court. Constitutional expert Alan Dershowitz on Newsmax overnight. A draft opinion by the Supreme Court poised to overturn the landmark 1973 Roe v. Wade case that legalized abortions nationwide was leaked to Politico. Mr. Dershowitz believes a law clerk at the court leaked the document. The document was labeled first draft of the opinion of the court in a case challenging Mississippi's ban on abortion after 15 weeks, a case known as Dobbs v. Jackson's Women's Health Organization. USA Radio News. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-9336. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-9336. 800-444-9336. Calling the January 6th commission illegitimate and characterizing the probe as a political witch hunt, House Republican Representatives Mo Brooks of Alabama, Andy Biggs of Arizona, and Ronnie Jackson of Texas on Monday rejected requests from the January 6th committee to testify voluntarily. All three members slammed the mostly partisan panel itself. It should be noted Democrat Nancy Pelosi rejected the Republicans' choice for the panel in favor of her own personal picks. The population in California shrinks, yet holds on to the number one position in America. California's population declined again last year. State officials say a slowdown in births and immigration, coupled with an increase in deaths and people leaving the state, are the reasons. Despite a shrinking population, it's still the country's most populous state with more than 39 million residents. Texas is in a distant second with 29 and a half residents. For USA Radio News, I'm Kenneth Burns in New York. USA Radio News. 
promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So our prayers are with the Supreme Court, and our efforts are that we stand for pro-life. But I'm telling you, don't get your hopes up with the data leak. I'm not so sure that I buy it. And I'm not so sure even if it's accurate. The fact is there was a leak uh, about the intentions of the leak. What are they trying to accomplish? I don't know, but I'm telling you it was not an accident. I'll tell you that right now. Our prayers are with Becky Akers and her family as she's passed away. R.I.P. Rest in peace, Becky. Uh, and uh, so we wanted to get that out. Now, when I'm on the road, oftentimes what I do is I record little segments uh, about places that I go and things that I do. Uh, it's kind of a montage of my trips, if you will. Uh, and I was in Charleston, South Carolina, and I was able to uh, do a, a buggy, uh, what do you call it, a carriage ride with a horse. And, and you know, and uh, we were able to get like a little tour of the city uh, that way. Uh, and then I was also able to... Um, just do some great stuff. Have Get on a boat and do a boat tour, right? Uh, so anyway, I was able to, to talk to the guides and get a little bit of a tidbit from both of those tours that I thought would be fascinating. Uh, let's start with the, the horse ride or horse uh, pulled buggy tour now. All right, we're doing an incredible Charleston, South Carolina horse carriage tour. And our tour guide is a, a guy by the name of Mark. All right, so now tell us about Charleston, you were saying. Right, some of the things you'll see about Charleston will tell you that the city was founded in 1670 as Charlestown. Some of the things will tell you that the city was founded in 1680 as Charlestown. Both of those dates are absolutely correct. It just depends on the location that you're talking about. The city sits on a peninsula, and to the west we have the Ashley River, to the east we have the Cooper River. Where those rivers come together, Charleston Harbor, the Atlantic Ocean. The first ship, called the Carolina, got here in the summer of 1670, and she went up the Ashley River right about six miles to a place that they called Char or Albemarle Point. Today it's called Charlestown Landing. There's an interpretive center there. Well, when they got here in the summer of 1670, they set camp up. They called it Albemarle Point. They didn't really realize when they set camp up, up on Albemarle, that Albemarle Point was the home of 400 million mosquitoes, 200 million alligators, and 100 million snakes. So they're up there in the swamp trying to make a living at it. While they were there, they were introduced to or came across a friendly tribe of Native Americans called the Kiowa. You may have heard of Kiowa Island here. It's named after them. Now, the Kiowa had already been exposed to Spanish, British, French explorers coming through the area. So they were well-versed in European trade and European ways, and they more or less embraced the British. It took them from 1670 to right at 1680 to convince the British to move here to the peninsula to what the Indians called the land of healing breezes. This little breeze that we have through here all the time, they didn't understand it, but that breeze keeps the mosquitoes away. You keep the mosquitoes away, yellow fever and malaria go away. They didn't understand it, they just knew they lived better and longer here on the peninsula. That's where those two different dates of 1670-1680 will come into play. Now, do you ever um, watch the TV show Jeopardy? 
There was a question on there not too terribly long ago, and um, it was, what were the three walled cities of North America? You had Quebec to the north by the French, St. Augustine to the south by the Spanish, Charlestown by the British. Got to the peninsula here, 1680. They started to feel that pressure from the wars between Spain, England, and France. We had a um, unfriendly native tribe here called the Yemisin. So between all those pressures, they felt the need for a wall. Say that again, the Yemisee? Yemisee. There's a town here in South Carolina called Yemisee, uh, halfway down the savannah from here. Yemisee is named after the Yemisee. So that wall, like I said, they started to put up 1690, 1692. It stayed in place all the way through 1720. In the 1720s, it started to come down. By 1740, that wall was completely down and gone. The road that we're on right now would have been the northern wall to the city. Ran about three blocks east to west, six blocks north to south. Total of about 62 acres. Had a moat, had a drawbridge. Very medieval, very European in design. The wall that ran along the waterfront was mainly made out of brick, masonry, tabby type product. The other three walls, combination, earth, uh, palmetto logs, and brick. Like I said, by 1740, that wall was completely down. Uh, Spain, England, and France had all kissed and made up, as my grandmother would say. They were playing pretty together. The hostile Indians had been driven out of the area or otherwise extinguished, so they didn't feel the need for that wall. Step up, big boy. Step up. Now, prior to the Revolution, Charleston was the fourth largest city in British America. You had New York, Philadelphia, Boston, Charlestown. Per capita, Charlestown was the richest city in British America. After the Revolution, it seemed like something always happened, a fire, a war, an earthquake, something of that nature to keep Charleston off of that number one financial spot. Now, the thing that brought people to the New World was the promise of religious freedom, the promise of religious tolerance. The official church here was the Anglican Church, the Church of England, and a lot of people started to grow real weary of that church and tired of it, but you couldn't go to another church. The only thing you could do was potentially go to a meeting in somebody's house or a building. The road that we're on right now, it got its name Meeting Street because there was a little white meeting house on Meeting Street. Where the circular church is right there to our left, the first church or meeting house that was built there was a little white round wooden meeting house. They built it round. They felt that Satan hung out in the corners and in the shadows. So if you build it round, there's nowhere for Satan to hang out and live in the church. That church there uh, was constructed 1890, 1892 out of the ruins of the one that burned in the Great Fire of 1861. This one's 1890? 1890, 1892. It's built in what's called a triapsa design. So if you look at it from the air, it looks like a three-leaf clover. The flat portion on the back would be the stem to the clover. Uh, but so the tr circular church 
the graveyard there is one of the best and the oldest in the city. That graveyard's step up uh, dates back to 1695. Uh, some of the graves in there. Now, as I was saying, that church burned. We've had five major fires here in Charleston. And a major fire is described as one that burns 250 or more structures. We've had five of those. The last great one was in 1861. Burned over 1,100 structures or about 20% of the city. That building right there to our left, the building itself has zero historical significance. The building that was there burned in the Great Fire of 1861, and it was known as Institute Hall. Right there on that location, December 20th, 1860, that is where South Carolina signed the Articles of Secession, stepping out of the Union, giving birth to the Confederacy right there on that location. Now the big pink building coming up here in front of us, to our right, it's the so Mills pretty. House Hotel, originally built in 1851. It survived the Great Fire of 1861 simply because employees and patrons soaked bed linens in water, hung the bed linens out of the windows, and that kept the embers from blowing inside the building, so it survived that great fire. 1860-1861, Robert E. Lee was here in Charleston, as well as PTG Beauregard. They both stayed in that hotel while they were here. Recently, First Lady Jill Biden stayed in that hotel for about a week. It survived in its original state all the way to about 1968, got infested with termites, they had to tear it down. When they rebuilt this one, uh, they lowered the ceiling heights inside from 14 feet to 10 feet. They were able to add two more floors to the hotel without increasing its overall height. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. I went on a Charleston, South Carolina tours or carriage ride, and Mark, the, our tour guide, was providing the commentary on that. Very fascinating about the city of um, Charleston, South Carolina, Charlestown, if you will. Uh, what an incredible city! Beautiful as all get out, historical relevance, just amazing. All about the Civil War, all about we the people, all about the fight for liberty, all about states' rights, the promotion thereof, if you will, all about the rejection of slavery, if you will. Great stuff on your radio. I got another segment coming up that I recorded as well. You can check this out in seconds. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. 
the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Not only did I go on an incredible horse carriage tour, if you will, learning from Mark, our tour guide, doing a great job about Charleston, but I went on a uh, boat tour as well. And uh, so you got uh, kind of an update on where we went on the boat tour. Uh, we went to an island. Did you know it was an island? What am I talking about? Well, listen up. You'll find out. All right, folks. I'm on a boat that takes you out to Fort Sumter in Saint, or, uh, South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, we just had the tour. Very interesting cannons lined up all around the uh, edge of the fort. And uh, you see the fingerprints of the slaves, women and children who uh, were uh, forced to make the bricks. And uh, the fort was uh, very successful in repelling uh, a bunch of ships back in the day. And uh, very interesting historical reality to this. You know, when you study America and you study the history, it's really fascinating. Fascinating about, you know, who understood what. And, and I bring that up because when you think about this, you know, we get to see things from a 2020 kind of lens, look back. I think we have a better understanding of history and a better understanding of uh, the future and the destiny of America than they did by far. But they were hardworking people that did the very best they could. Uh, and certainly it, through our lens, there's a lot of wrongs that were uh, committed and a, a lot of things that just are abhorrent. Uh, no question about that. But it's important to remember that they were good people, uh, that they were uh, incredible people. So with the horse carriage tour of the city of Charleston, South Carolina, and then the Fort Sumner tour, um, that's really something to behold. Just to understand the, the battles they fought, not only from a war point of view, but from a living, just living life point of view. Back in their days, things were so difficult, so complicated, so complex. Uh, and in our day, it's very difficult, complicated and complex, although very different. But yet I think at the end of the day, it's very similar. You know, people just want to be left alone. People just want to be sovereign. People just want to do their own thing. Uh, and, you know, the slaves wanted freedom. 
Uh, and today, we want freedom. You know, the IRS, the tax burdens that we have, I sure don't feel free. I have to work all the way to, what is it, May, June, where they say it's Tax Freedom Day every year in America. So, uh, you know, you look at this kind of thing. Uh, and I've sev had several friends this year struggle with taxes. Taxes were may way more than they expected them to be because of all the changes in the tax code to where now, hey, they can't do this because they've got to pay their taxes. They can't. They were planning on that, but it can't do it because of taxes. And so, you know, they had their battles with liberty, battles with freedom, uh, and so do we. And even those who um, had freedom in the sense that they were the upper class, if you will, and they had slaves. Uh, you know, with many of the things that they had to do to keep slavery alive, to keep slavery, uh, you know, hey, how do you sleep at night with those evils in your mind? You know, no one can and no one should defend slavery. Uh, it was evil and wrong. But the Civil War was not just about slavery like we're taught in the mainstream history books. You know, it was really fought about not only slavery, but it was fought about states' rights. It was fought about self-autonomy. It was fought about a lot of things. And no doubt there was wickedness on both sides of the war. There's no doubt that it was a very tough position. Sadly, what we need to remember, in my humble opinion, is that, you know what, <laughs> when we talk about the Civil War, it's easy to decide that I want to pick a side. Oh, man, I need to pick a side. No, I don't think you need to pick a side. I think you can be with the South when it comes to states' rights. I think you could be with the North when it comes to the issue of slavery. I think we can realize that there was wickedness and evil on both sides. There was those who wanted to control others, and that's really the battle. At the end of the day, what I find fascinating, though, is that, you know what, even after the war, even after 600 plus thousand Americans on both sides died, we had the same issue to resolve as before the war started, did we not? And the blessing that we have in America is that the nation stayed together. That, you know what, we are one nation under God. That we did uh, overcome, we did get rid of slavery. Um, now we still need to battle for the state's rights piece. We still need to battle for the southern points, which is self-autonomy of a state, that there are dual sovereigns. We cannot let the states become political subdivisions of the general or the state, uh, the federal government, the general government. We must fight tirelessly against that evil. And so again, I'm not here to pick sides. I'm here to teach principles. I'm not here to advocate one guy to be a bad guy. You know, Abraham Lincoln, uh, I know he did a lot of things he should not have done. He violated the law in many cases. There's no question. But what era in history can we look at it and say, hey, the, the debates were easy. The discussions were simple. Uh, the complexities um, were not there. We can't pretend that's true because it's not. Those complexities are there. Evil is not just single-handed. Evil seems to be about us everywhere. But there is good about us everywhere as well. There are people who have wonderful intentions, people who mean well, people who stand for that which is right. And so I look at principle and I say, I defend states' rights. I reject slavery. But most importantly, I stand for the nation to remain together because I believe we are the nation that God put his hand upon. And this nation was able to rise under God's protection. And it was an absolute miracle that this nation exists. And I want it to be for as many people as we possibly can. And I want those people to be ready to meet their Savior, Jesus Christ, when he returns. It's all about 
restoration, restoring the nation, then eventually restoring the Savior Jesus Christ to his rightful position as king. King over a nation that looks to God, not government for solutions. And so we work towards states' rights. We work against tyranny. We work against control of others. We work to be left alone. We desire to work towards preserving God, family, and country. That's who we are. And religious liberty is a, such a core component of that. It's probably the chief component uh, among all, pro-life and religious liberty. So anyways, I stand here on this uh, incredible Fort Sumter ship, uh, or boat coming back to the mainland from the island. I reflect on who I am and what my role is in history. What can I do to preserve states' rights? What can I do to make sure no one is ever a slave to someone else? That's why I stand against the IRS. What can I do to make sure in my day I leave my country a better place than when I found it, than when I came upon it, when I was born into it? What can I do to improve things? And now I'm getting ready to go to uh, the Francis Marion restaurant. You know, the Swamp Fox, the guy I speak about all the time on the radio? I'm going to be talking about the Swamp Fox lunch that I'm having. They've got a unique soup that I want to try. I'm going to try some of the unique southern foods that are had to be had here, uh, etc. They want me to try them green fried tomatoes, but I'm not too interested in those. But there are a lot of things that I am interested in. Uh, anyway, I'm going to be going to the Swamp Fox restaurant here in a little bit, and uh, just thought I'd check in and give some of my thoughts as I stand here on this uh, historic tour about our forefathers and what they stood for and what they bled and died and fought for, what the issues were. And as we look back, I hope to do so with a fair mind and an open heart. I hope to do so truly with a, a patience and an understanding of, of those things that make America great. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, incredible um, just reflections as you visit Fort Sumter. Uh, you know, what What do you think about your role, your responsibility? I thought a lot about mine while standing on that boat. Uh, just incredible. You learn so much when you go uh, visit the historic sites of America. It's just amazing. A lot of people believe that it, for prestige reasons, you got to travel around the world to do cool things. I'm just telling you to travel out around America and learn our rich culture and history is just incredible. Uh, so I went to the Swamp Fox restaurant in Charleston, South Carolina, and I got to try she crab soup. And I'm telling you right now, it was delicious. Yeah. Yeah, it's just she crab soup if you've never had it. It is delicious. I'm just telling you right now, it's a uh, just a delight. Uh, anyway, so there's that, folks. Uh, there's a lot that went on uh, as we've been traveling this, and we're, we're headed north. We're going all the way to Washington, D.C. We literally flew to Jacksonville, Florida, uh, and then we are going to just drive all the way from Jacksonville, Florida, all the way up to Washington, D.C. And so I'll have a lot more commentary about the sights and the sounds and the experiences that I have, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully it'll be educational and entertaining and informative to you as well. We will not be live every single day on this trip, though. I just can't. There's just, I've got to be places and do things that I just don't have so much, as much control over as I would like. Nevertheless, I'll be live as much as I possibly can. Uh, and I'll bring to you, again, clips of recordings. Uh, you know, that boat tour was very cool. That horse-drawn uh, carriage ride was very, very cool, very educational. 
And one of the last things, our tour guide was just full of fun. Not only was he informative and educational about history, but he had some fun things to say. For example, he said, uh, you know, normally you don't want to be a son of a B, right? An SOB. Uh, but in this case, uh, if you're in Charleston, South Carolina, you do want to be an SOB. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but he, he talks about being south of. And uh, so you want to be south of this certain street. And if you're not, then, hey, so an SOB is south of that street, right? South of Broad Street is what it's called. And so you want to be south of Broad Street. You do want to be an SOB if you live in Charleston, South Carolina there. And so when you drive through and see the beautiful homes and incredible architecture and all this kind of stuff, and then you drive right north of Broad Street, you get it. You're going, oh, I do want to be an SOB. So believe it or not, while we were driving around there, we were seeing all these beautiful homes, and then we realized we were south of Broad Street, and we're going, oh, I guess we are, without even knowing it, SOBs, right? <laughs> anyway, he had a lot of fun humor that he injected into the uh, commentary and into the um, uh, education there as well. It was amazing. It was something to behold. It's something that I highly recommend you do is, hey, you don't need to travel the world for historical relevance or value. Touring the South, touring the Northeast of America, going to the Rocky Mountains, learning about the rich history and culture of religions and peoples and lifestyles and uh, cultures. It's just something to behold. This country is so vast, so vast. I mean, I drive uh, from, you know, Utah to California. It's literally almost a thousand miles. You know, I travel from Utah to Jacksonville, Florida. It's a couple of thousand miles, right? Uh, I then travel from Florida all the way up the coast to uh, Washington, D.C. It's, you know, 1,200, 1,500 mile kind of range. And man, I'm just I'm just hopscotching around the country and just touching aspects of it. When you think of the, what do you want to say? Seattle, Washington to Florida or Maine to California? Kind of a, I mean, the country is huge and there's so much incredible history. It is just beyond imagination. Hour one of the can, hour two coming up. Simulcast with Brighty on TV and radio in seconds. I am Sam Bushman, live on the road, and this is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. If you want to put a penny in the uh, virtual chip tip jar to help us out, would certainly love it. For Sam and Cam and the rest of the crew, thank you so much. Godspeed. Till next time. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. rescuing kids in Colombia. This job tears you to pieces. This is my one chance to put those pieces back together. We're talking about extracting a million-year-old girl from an army of rebels. Not just her. 
talking about rescuing hundreds of kids. She could be a block down the road, or she could be in Moscow, Bangkok, L.A. Over two million children a year are being sucked into the deepest recesses of hell. We do nothing. Someday it's going to reach the likes of you. This was your daughter. All right, live and on your TV, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman of the Good Sheriff is with me. Welcome back, Sheriff Mac. Well, traveling Sam, it's great to be with you this beautiful Tuesday morning, and I mean beautiful. Yes, I am traveling, and man, it is something to behold. I've been—I flew to Florida, to Jacksonville, and I'm driving up the coast all the way to Washington D.C. I spent the day yesterday in Charlotte, South Carolina, and I went on the uh, Fort Sumner tour. I went on a horse buggy ride tour to get some commentary, and I recorded some interviews and played some of them back last hour on my radio show, Liberty Roundtable Live, for those who are interested. Uh, so that's of importance. A quick tidbit though that i got to get to even before we introduce your quote sheriff our dear friend becky acres r.i.p rest in peace becky uh she was an incredible writer for lou she appeared on my radio program liberty roundtable live and man she yeah. was a freedom loving uh fighter and she died of cancer she got cancer three months ago very aggressive she fought it to the best but she passed away and her husband mark says my darling becky went very peacefully at 1.07 a.m. on the Monday morning following Easter. She made a beautiful sound of goodbye with a tear in her eye. And then he basically says, she is at peace. And he quotes the scripture. And our, our prayers are with Becky's family. She was a wonderful commentator, an incredible writer. She was the lady that used to write about how evil the TSA uh, is, etc. And just, just a great lady. She's passed away, Sheriff. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, God bless her and her family. God bless her legacy and and uh, what she wrote about. Um, may it be fulfilled as she wished because she really was a great writer. Amen to that. Anyway, so there's that. I also want you to know that Tom Jones, the guy we've been tracking, the extreme athlete, he's running 76 marathons. In 76 days, starting out in Montevallo, Alabama, at what's called the American Village, running all the way to the beautiful Olympic state of Utah, to Hurricane. He left on April the 19th. He's been running a marathon every single day, 76 marathons in 76 days. Uh, January or July the 2nd, he will land, or I should say run, into uh, Hurricane, Utah. And so we're kind of keeping an eye up on what he's doing. His nickname is, quote, Quit Proof. So hashtag quit proof and he's got 14 marathons 62 to go sheriff and people can find out more about that um if you go to uh let's see what's the website for that one it's um unitedwepledge.org slash v2v the run for freedom continues sheriff incredible thing we're wow. tracking all the way to july the second i was there in montevallo alabama for the kickoff shot heard around the world on april the 19th he started running and I'll be there in uh, Hurricane, Utah, on July 2nd to welcome him 
as he runs. It's just the guy's 59 years old. He's an extreme athlete. It is just something to follow and behold. Again, unitedwepledge.org slash V2V if you want to check that out. Also, the Supreme Court, they say there's a leak, Sheriff, and the Roe versus Wade details leaked, and they say that it's going to be incredibly pro-life. My response really quick is not so fast. I'd be very careful in thinking that we got the goods on them. Uh, they're probably leaking this intentionally to put their finger in the wind, engage the public's reaction, etc. I don't think that we can count on it at all. A lot of are jumping up and down. I say not so fast, Sheriff. Uh, the, I'm very suspicious about the leak, uh, and I'm very skeptical about this court uh, doing the right thing. Uh, I, I hope and pray they do, but again, uh, I smell a rat regarding that leak. Amen. I completely agree. And what will happen, we don't know. But while that's all going on, folks, I tried sheet crab soup for the first time in Charleston, South Carolina. Have you ever had sheet crab soup, Sheriff? No. All right. Well, I know you're a soup lover as I am. So I'm telling you right now, you got to come to Charleston, South Carolina and try sheet crab soup. I tried it, believe it, Swamp Fox Restaurant. Did you know Francis Marion, the Swamp Fox, uh, has a yes, restaurant? Yes, absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, I went there and I ate sheet crab soup. I yeah, will go there delicious. just for that. <laughs> All right. Well, you write it down. It's just like the word sheet crab soup, Sheriff. All right. Now let's move to the uh, Supreme Court quote that we always get to because it's so relevant for understanding of our world today. Sheriff? Uh, the greatest small little booklet uh, in the world except for the pocket constitution, the Supreme Court decision, uh, the Supreme Court case for state sovereignty, Mac Prince v. USA. Uh, the greatest Tenth Amendment victory and decision in the history of America, and we'll show another piece of evidence about that right now, and that is the order of the court. Uh, boy, there's so many different ones to be. The order of the court, uh, to, so this is the end of the decision, when Scalia, after he takes us through this wonderful history lesson uh, and quoting the Founding Fathers, the Declaration of Independence, uh, and and the Federalist Papers, my goodness. So he, this is what he says, part of the order of the court. The federal government may neither issue directives requiring the states to address particular problems nor command the state's officers or those of their political subdivisions. Huh. So cities, counties, uh, the political subdivisions of the state cannot be ordered around by the federal government. They cannot order the states to address particular problems, and that includes COVID-19. And I love this case. It sounds like they were talking to us today. Oh, and by the way, uh, this is not a sales pitch. Uh, this book costs like $3, okay? There's not enough money or markup Wait a minute. There wait a minute. Hold on. Money. This book costs over $500,000. Bill Clinton. Well, I know. Yes. Every <laughs> American should have this booklet in their pocket or in their home or both. Every one of you. Get it. It's at CSPOA.org or make up your own, but uh, get it. And, Sam, does that Amen. lead us to the our reason, guest Sheriff, today? before you get to our guest, the, oh. the reason that I wanted to mention that it costs well over $500,000, you know, all kinds of groups helped pay for the Supreme Court win. 
But the reason I, I mentioned that it's so expensive is I want you to understand what kind of sacrifice it took to get this incredible, the greatest Tenth Amendment decision ever rendered. You can get a summary of $3, but I want you to understand the sacrifice, the blood, sweat, and tears, and everything that it took to really make this happen in modern history. The reason I spend that time is because good people all around the world, all around the country are doing the same thing for liberty in their own ways, and we've got one of them to speak of. Sheriff? We sure do, and I met her a couple of months ago, maybe it was three months ago, uh, in San Diego, and we became immediate friends, and I am proud to call her friend. This is a candidate for the United States House of Representatives, and the significant thing about that is that Rhonda Kennedy, my good friend and candidate for U.S. Congress, is running against none other than the biggest liar in the history of Washington, D.C., and that would be none other than Adam Schiff. Rhonda, thank you for running, and welcome to the Sheriff Mack Show. <laughs> thank you, Sheriff Mack, for having me, Sam. This is, this is great. It's a great honor to be here today. Well, let's start out. Who's Rhonda Kennedy, and why on earth are you taking on Adam Schiff, and why are you running for Congress? What has happened to you? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Um, I'm so humble that I hate talking about myself, but I'm going to do it today. Um, yes, I'm a I'm an attorney, and um, I'm a lover of the Constitution. I've I've always loved the Constitution since I was a little kid. Learning it, and um, in middle school, you know, we had a such things called civics class back in when I was in middle school where we we learned about the Constitution. We learned about the the amendments and its and its protection. And I've always taken that seriously. That without the Constitution, we would be an entirely different country. Without the Constitution, I went to I grew up in Kewaskum, Wisconsin. We were the only black family in the whole entire thirty two hundred town. And it's like if there if it wasn't for the Constitution I, it, segregation would still be around and I may not be living there. Or, I mean, in my husband, I'm, I'm in a, you know, interracial marriage. If it wasn't for Loving v. Virginia, based again on the Constitution, it would be illegal in certain states for, for us to be married. And, and so I, I, I was raised, um, to love the Constitution. My great grandfather was the first black state assemblyman from Wisconsin. My great aunt opened the first black bank. Um, and it's still open today. So I have a, a, a long line of, you know, of trailblazers. And, and so I just, I follow them in their, in their footsteps. And so when the constitution is under attack, um, I use my, my career as an attorney and, and defend it. Um, and, and so, and that's, wow. that's what I did during COVID as well. And you have children? That's why I do this. Yes, I have I have six total. I have six kids and four grandkids. So my 31-year-old son is married with four kids, a 25-year-old, and nine-year-old triplets. And, um, wow. and I've raised them. Yes. So I've taught them the Constitution since they were, they were little. Our, our, our car ride game was the constitutional quiz. Ask them, I give them a scenario and I say, okay, now what, what amendment protects you? And they would answer it. And so, and today I 
<laughs> I've raised, you know, at least right now, three constitutional children who know their rights, know what the limits of the government is. I think in America should be doing that. I mean, if the schools aren't doing it anymore, then it's up to us as parents to to instill in our children, um, you know, the love for our country and the love for the Constitution. Sam? Did you just say you have three nine-year-old triplets? Yes. Annabelle, Bianca, and Liam, who are very politically involved. I understand that this is a uh, radio interview to discuss uh, the sacred cause of liberty and all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you right now, teaching triplets about the sacred cause of liberty, it doesn't get any better than that, Sheriff, does it? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, no kidding. Triplets. I'm telling you, Sam, uh, Rhonda does not look old enough to be saying what she's saying. So I'm kind of looking at her very, with a lot of skepticism this morning. Uh, there's no, yeah, sure. Sam, you're, you're I'm the only one in the room. You're the, you're the only uh, one in the yeah, room. Yeah, I am. And, uh, well, at least I thought I was, uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, Rhonda, come on. You, uh, you cannot be that old to have, uh, that many grandkids and have a kid that's 31. Okay. Well, we'll just leave that. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't uh, dive into that anymore. Uh, I don't want, and I want to, I I want to ask this though, Sheriff. So you're saying that you're black because I'm a blind person, Um, ma'am, just so you understand. So you're saying you're black and your husband's white. Is that right? That's right. Yes. Right. I could care less uh, uh, about those things. Uh, You know what? Great people are friends of mine. Uh, Bad people I want to stay away from. We're all God's children. We ought to act like it is my take. Uh, my The reason that I bring this up, though, is how is the media taking that? How are they dealing with that? Are they as, as friendly and as appropriate as they ought to be? Oh, God. Uh, okay. So the media. Let's just talk about the let's, – let's bifurcate the media and bifurcate people. So we have, you know, the, the liberals and particularly the white liberals that I experience more racism from than anyone else. Um, they've actually, I've actually Shame had white them, liberals, by the way. exactly. They're so progressive. I've actually had them challenge my blackness because I made that, something of myself. I'm an, I'm an attorney. This is, this is a quote. Yes. I'm an attorney. I live in Oak Park and I drive a Maserati and my husband's white. So I'm not black. This is a white person telling me this. And I'm like, excuse me, you don't know where I came from. Right. Isn't it, isn't it the American dream? To, to pull yourself from nothing. You know, I came from nothing. I was on government assistance at one time when I left my abusive husband. I had no choice. But you know what I did? I used it. I got, I, I went to school. I pulled myself up. I got a good job. And that was it. So I'm a real American. You know, I've lived the life. These, these entitled progressive liberals have no idea what it's like to be an American or what it's like to be black in America. You know, I fulfilled my dream. And I did that because I live in America. I could not have done that in any other country. And in any other time, even in America, it would have been difficult. It's been a long road to get to where we've come. The sad part is they won't even acknowledge that. But but really, even in America, it would have been tough, right? Yeah, it would have been tough. But the point is, it would have been more difficult, but it was possible. There are so many, and yes. this is what they don't teach in school, there are so many successful entrepreneurs and politicians who are black, who did this stuff. 
in the in the you know in the 20s the 30s my great my great grandfather was the first black state assemblyman and served in the 40s he was passing equal housing bills with with um bipartisan back in the 40s but they don't talk about those success it may be a little bit harder but it wasn't handed to you you earned it and and i think that's why today we're declining on entrepreneurship in the in the um in the minority communities because Liberals are stepping in and, and taking that drive and that fight from us and just wanting to, you know, hand you little crumbs on a silver platter. And they're doing it, Sheriff, through propaganda. That's the whole reason that I bring this up is this critical race theory uh, bunk stuff, this agenda that they have to make her feel like she's not black. Look, she should embrace her heritage as should we all embrace our heritage. And then we should stand together shoulder to shoulder as Americans and we should say, look, we're going to win the culture war. It's that simple. Sheriff? Well, totally. I mean, this the, she brings up a real good point, and that is how liberals only support blacks who are liberals. They do not support people like Rhonda who has pulled themselves up uh, out of a, a different lifestyle where they had an American dream where they did something that the liberals do not believe in, hard work. And the most intelligent and successful people that I've ever known, and I'm talking to two of them right now, Sam and Rhonda, are people who work hard. And don't don't um, look for government to take care of them. They look for them to make a difference in the lives of others, their family, and to experience the American dream is exactly what we're talking to right now and that is Rhonda and Sam people who didn't let anything get in their way and pursued success and I would love to see that Maserati but I never had I'd love to drive that Maserati sheriff oh me too but the thing of it is what we are focusing here on is simply this the difference between socialism liberalism communism and a free capitalist society where people can do whatever they want as long as they're willing to work hard. Rhonda, I bow to you. I bow to anyone. I don't care what color you are. I don't care if you're blind or if you have any other handicaps in your life, which Sam has never said he has a handicap. And if you got to know him, I mean, folks, when I need help on the computer, I call Sam and he walks me through it. Yes, he does. He, I don't know computers, so he has to help me. He is a computer genius and expert. He's a genius anyway. Folks, this is what this uh, entire Brighteon network is about. It's what the Sheriff Mac show is about. It's what we are about. We do not at any time have any racist or white supremacy views ever, even though I've been accused of it, Sam's been accused of it, and Rhonda, you've probably been accused of it. I've been accused of it. <laughs> well, and I, and I don't understand how they call me a, I don't understand how they call me a racist, Rhonda, because I wouldn't even know you're black. How would I know? <laughs> right, exactly. But yeah, because what they say is, you don't even sound black. I'm like, excuse me, what sound black? What does that mean? I mean, how do you sound a race? I mean, these people are so divisive. And I did want to say this. I've been a Republican my entire life because my great-great-grandfather was a runaway slave 
who ran away from his literal Democrat plantation. And I said I would not register under a party who my grandfather joined at 11 years old, the Union Army as a water boy to fight for my freedom. I wasn't going to join that party. That was my personal choice. Now, I believe that, you know, collectively we're all Americans and we need to work together. And there's only a, there's a select few, like the far left progressives and, you know, the, the divisive people on the right who played and they play those games together for a different type of agenda. It's not for America. That's for sure. But I, I believe that we need to start uniting this country and, and get rid of these divisive politicians like Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is divisive. And Rhonda, that's why I'm bringing this issue up because it's the elephant in the room because they make it so. If it were up to us and and they weren't trying to divide and conquer us over this very issue, I wouldn't even bring it up because it's not really relevant as Americans. Uh, But I know they make such an issue out of it. I wanted you to have a chance to speak about it. I wanted you you to have a a chance to be a truth teller on uh, this issue. And, you know, uniquely, uh, I'm a great one to ask the questions uh, because the only way I know you're black is because you told me so. Uh, otherwise, I don't know and I don't care. Um, and that's really, I think, the takeaway that we need to come from this. And as we look at your campaign, we got to make sure that we get rid of those discussions because they're not really the real issue you're running. They're not really the focus of your campaign necessarily. Uh, and, and so we want to get to your real campaign highlights, um, you know, why you're running, what you hope to accomplish, et cetera. That's really what we need to get to. Uh, and we got to dismiss all that stuff so we can get there and have the mainstream press hopefully focus on those things. A woman standing for the sacred cause of liberty in California. You should have a great chance to win, Rhonda. Yes, and I also have a proven track record for I – don't, I don't just – just talk the talk. I actually walk the walk. So during COVID, I filed one of the first COVID lawsuits when they closed the gun stores. Yeah. Um, I filed a federal that forced them back open. <laughs> and so McDougal versus Ventura County is my case. That was just one in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, but now it's gone up on a block with the whole panel is going to take it up. However, that was, that was my case. I got the phone calls because everybody knows that, you know, I'm the, I'm the fighter for Liberty. And then also I'm the, um, I'm the only attorney um, that defeated the COVID closures for businesses. I have, I represented um, eight businesses in Ventura County that stayed open. Hang tight, Rhonda. We'll let you tell more of your story in seconds, ladies and gentlemen. Ventura County, that's where I grew up. Did y'all know that? Hang tight. The Sheriff Mac Show continues in seconds right here on TV. Satellite phones have been wiped out globally because of the supply chain collapse and war in Europe. But a truly amazing new option has emerged, the Bivy Stick, which allows you to send and receive text messages using almost any mobile device without relying on cell towers at all. In a world where war, riots, or a power grid failure can happen literally at any time, the Bivy Stick and its two-way satellite messaging gives you the power to reach loved ones, to send emergency messages, or request a rescue. And to use this device, you do not have to register your name, and you don't need to turn on location services or reveal your geographic location. The battery life is several days in duration, and you can easily recharge it using a small portable power bank. There are only about 20,000 Bibby sticks that will be available in America this year. Get yours now while they're still available at sat123.com. That's sat123.com.
The Cali Key easily converts your AR rifle to bolt action, allowing you to keep the rifle you love in assault weapon jurisdictions. The Cali Key is a true fast drop-in solution. No permanent changes to your rifle. Import, transport, own, and have fun with your AR. Why the Cali Key? Because a bolt action is not an assault weapon. Stay future-ready from gun bans with the Cali Key. The Cali Key also lets you quickly and easily build your ideal hunting rifle, lets you build a quiet suppressed rifle, and benefits your long-range precision shooting. Available now at CaliKey.com with free shipping. Nearly all the vitamin C sold at retail today comes from China, and it's made from genetically modified corn. Even though vitamin C is a critical part of immune support, it's also critical to know where your vitamin C comes from. I'm Mike Adams, the founder of Brighteon and BrighteonStore.com, and we only sell non-China, non-GMO vitamin C. We then subject it to rigorous laboratory testing in our own food science lab, checking for heavy metals, glyphosate, as well as microbiological contamination. Only after it passes our tests do we encapsulate it and package it for our audience. You can find it at brighteonstore.com. It's not the cheapest vitamin C on the market, but it is by far the most rigorously tested and honestly sourced vitamin C available anywhere in the world. Support your health and this free speech platform by shopping at brighteonstore.com. Rhonda Kennedy with us, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Sorry, guys. What happened to this? No, you're fine. Way louder than it ought to be. All right, there you have it. Recovery. It's crazy on the road, all the equipment you have, ladies and gentlemen, and keeping it all together. It's amazing. All right, our guest, ladies and gentlemen, Rhonda Kennedy. She's a candidate for the U.S. House of Representatives. What is it, the 28th District, Rhonda? Uh, it's the 30th District now. It used to be. It's the old 28th, the new 30th. All right, so it used to be, uh, but now it's changed. I get it. All right, that's good news. The 30th District of California. Where is that? Um, it covers Glendale, Burbank, Hollywood, West Hollywood, um, part of Pasadena. Okay. Yeah, so that, that kind of the center, the, the, you know, a lot of the crappiest parts of, of California. So that same area has Maxine Waters and Adam Schiff. Oh. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they're, brutal, they're huh? just, yeah, we, Maxine, Adam Schiff, Aunt Lou, I mean, it's like the dirty dozen over there. Yeah. Now you got to help me understand something, ladies and gentlemen. Adam Schiff, isn't that guy a white guy? <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a white guy, but he put out a fundraiser saying that I hang out with white supremacists. <laughs> okay, and what? And who does he hang out with? Oh, his elitist, his elite class. All right. So there you have it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I just find that fascinating when you think about it. We're supporting a black woman uh, over a white liberal and uh, a Republican in name only. There you have it. But it's because, ladies and gentlemen, it's not about those things. That's the propaganda. It's because Rhonda stands for the principles uh, that we believe in. Let's talk about those principles in detail, Rhonda. What are going to be the hallmarks uh, of your candidacy and your uh, representation should you get there? Well, first of all, um, you know, I, I'm going to put people first. I mean, we have to 
government has to understand, politicians need to understand that you are there at the consent of the people. You are there to represent the people, not your own self-interest. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to think about home first and think about California. One of the things is we have to stop the bleeding of the jobs that are leaving California, the high cost of living in California. Um, and our, we're known as, you know, Hollywood, California, which is right in Adam Schiff's district. However, how many movies are actually still made in Hollywood? They're made in Canada. They're made in Louisiana. They're made in Alabama. They're made all, you know, all over the place, all over the country, all over the world, not really made in Hollywood anymore because of the high cost, the taxes, the regulations. And so I want to, I want to bring Hollywood back to, uh, back to California, which would be back into my district, which would, um, which would generate jobs. And, um, and then the homelessness, there's so many homeless in right in that district, right in Adam Schiff's district and just adjacent downtown. And one of the, you know, handing out money and giving them, um, cell phones and tents and Netflix accounts and Amazon accounts. Yes, people, California is giving homeless people Netflix accounts and Amazon accounts. Why don't we give them jobs and opportunity? Give them the help that they need so that they can get off the street and be productive in society. So we need to give them opportunities, not handouts. Yeah, because what they're really pushing for is to put them on the dole, give them all kinds of fun entertainment services, give them a universal basic income, and, hey, then pretend we're the heroes for getting all that done, right? Right, and then go around and ask for them to vote. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's what they do. They actually have programs where they go around to register the homeless to vote right after they, they bribe them with a cell phone and a Netflix account. It's so disgusting and so degrading to, to these people, to human beings. Well, there you have it. There's there's ahead, one Sarah. thing, Sam, as you know. I ask the same question to almost all of our guests. Uh, some some it doesn't apply to, but it certainly applies here. So, Rhonda, what do you consider the number one problem uh, facing us in from Washington, D.C. or across this country? What is the number one problem issue that is facing America today that we need to fix? I, I think our number one threat today is, is our defense. I think that during, during the COVID time, America was so um, distracted with COVID that our enemies were developing new weapons um, like China, developing new weapons, developing new ways to, um, to take us down. There are, there are cyber threats. Um, you know, the intellectual properties that they steal from American companies, that's revenue and income out of, um, out of America. I think that we need to refocus now on our defenses and start looking at our external enemies and defending the country against them. Because at bottom line is we're, we're internally fighting, you know, with, COVID mandates, this mandate, gas prices, and we're distracted by what the rest of the world is doing, particularly China. So I think that um, one of the things that I would like to do is to uh, to see what our assess our, our, our external threats and um, and build up our defense to protect ourselves in, in those new weapons that, we, that have been developed. In mandates, I'm sorry, I, I interrupt. I'm sorry. But uh, speaking of mandates, um, do you support any kind of mandate that that would uh, require me to be vaccinated and show proof of my vaccination 
or be arrested if I or quarantined if I don't have a vaccination? And do you also support uh, mass mandates and arresting people who fail to comply with those mandates? Absolutely not. It's it's unconstitutional. And, you know, I don't know if you remember that Twilight Zone episode where the guy got off the train and ended up in Nazi Germany instead of America. Well, I'm telling you, if we're living in the Twilight Zone, that would be something that I would believe that would happen here in America. But I'm telling you, I was in shock, in absolute shock, that this was happening right here in America. And they're using Jacobson, the you know, Supreme Court case Jacobson. But even in Jacobson, the ruling the Supreme Court said that you can't hold somebody down and force them to get um, vaccinated, but you can find them. So if you want to find, fine, you know, but you can't force someone against their will to get vaccinated. You can't force someone against their will to wear a mask. When we already know there's been studies and, and, you know, you say this on social media, you get banned, but I'm going to say it. There are their own studies that says masks do not work. So why are you forcing people to wear masks? It's just all about control. They don't follow up to that. Have you been vaccinated? No. <laughs> My choice. Good. Good. I have an I, I mean, if anybody else wants to get vaccinated, I don't, I don't care. You want to get vaccinated? You can get jabbed 10 times if you want to. Not my business. Knock yourself out. That's your choice. Hey, Rhonda, the liberals are going to lose their minds with your answer. <laughs> <laughs> they already are, Sam. <laughs> I know. It isn't it exciting? Where do, where do you think? Oh, wait a minute. A woman, a black woman says that. They want to kill her baby. Now she says that. And now they want her to force her to take the jab. It's crazy stuff. I think pro-life is one of the most important issues we're facing in America today. Uh, that's just my uh, two cents to answer your question, Sheriff. But, Rhonda, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you intend to do. Um, you know, Adam talks a lot, but he doesn't really walk the walk when it comes to the Republican platform, does he? No, no, wait, wait. He's you a know, Democrat. Adam, he's a Democrat. Yeah, he's a, he's a flaming yeah. liberal communist. But we believe in the Republican yeah, platform, and that's our guide, right? What was that? Say that again. You, you believe in the Republican platform, though. That's your guy, right? Yes, I believe in the Constitution. That's my guide because, ooh, ooh, uh, quite better. honestly, there have been Republicans that have gone against the Constitution. I'm, I'm not. This is. I've said this before. I am not a party puppet. If you violate the Constitution, or I believe that a bill violates the constitution i don't care if it's a republican bill i'm not voting for it i'm for the people and the protecting uh the protection of their constitutional rights so my my beacon is the constitution not a party she reminds me of me sam (laughs) so that's an honor so well you know i say that a lot uh especially about my grandkids anytime they do something good they remind me of me (laughs) <laughs> but one other thing, um, we talked a little bit about this before the show. Um, d- don't you believe that uh, the Democrat Party, or no, I don't even want to say the party, that the liberals and the leftists and the extremists on the left have forgotten about civil rights and our history and the importance of civil disobedience and keeping civil disobedience peaceful. Don't you believe that's a huge indictment against the left and 
what what are you going to use against and will you use this against Adam Schiff in the campaign? Absolutely. I mean, he Martin Luther King would be so disgusted if he saw um, what happened over the summer of 2020. Um, the, the pure riots. I mean, these were not protests. Martin Luther King protested. These were not protests. These were pure riots. This was murderous. It was criminal. And, and, and that's not how we get things done. And, um, Martin Luther King was about nonviolence. Even, even Malcolm X would, would, would not condone this, this type of behavior. Um, right. and, 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 and it made, it set us, I truly believe that it set, um, African Americans, Black America back a hundred years. I, I think it set yeah. race relations back. And this was all fueled by the left. It was fueled by, um, the, the, the communist and, and socialist agenda is, is what happened. And so I, be, I believe in peaceful protests. I believe as it's your right under the first amendment, I believe in, you know, the taking things to court. That's our last line of defense. And I think another, I'm running for Congress, but I'm going to tell you guys, the Senate is so important. And let me tell you why the Senate is so important. Because the Senate is the one that confirms um, judges. And as right. we can see, we have a new Supreme justice. So when these, when these constitutional battles, when they're fought in the courtroom, who decides on, who decides these cases? Judges do. And so we're, we're, we're sleeping on the Senate and, and we, we need to, we need to take control of the Senate so that, the, so that the third branch of government isn't taken over. And that's a judicial branch. And so I, I find that that's, that's probably mm-hmm. the most important, important branch of government right now is the Senate. Even though I'm running for Congress, but the Senate is very important. If you're in a debate with uh, Adam Schiff, which I hope you are uh, several times, what's the the first thing, if you're allowed to ask your opponent a question, what's the first thing you will ask him? Does he have white, does he believe that he has white male privilege? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he Uh, does, by the way. And I'm not sure if he believes white male privilege trumps swamp privilege or swamp privilege trumps white male privilege, but he certainly believes in both. And he also believes that he defines yeah. race, not God. Yes, and, yeah. but he, it, it works. So there's there's an example of white privilege when it's on the right side, but I guess white privilege doesn't live on the left side. I would just love to see him try to explain that. Like, he's the one that's running around talking about there's there's white privilege, so... Last time I checked, you're you're white, right, Adam Chip? So do you have privilege over me? Because I'm black. Remember, I'm the, I'm I'm oppressed. Are you oppressing me as a black man? That's all I want. I mean, these are these are your words, not mine. Yeah. All right. Now speaking uh, of that, I want to talk about your husband for a second. What is what does he do for a living? <laughs> uh, he's an he's an attorney, as well. When I met him, he was an actor, and I was like, no, 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 that's not gonna do. And so I sent him to law school. <laughs> well, actually, it's a funny story. We were sitting at the Outback Steakhouse. That was like one year in law school. We were sitting at the Outback Steakhouse. I mean, he's like been on Sopranos and things like that. And and um, I said, there was a nice looking guy that was serving us. And I said, hey, Mike, I, I bet he's an actor. 
And I asked the guy, I said, you look familiar. Have I seen you? I said, oh, yeah, as a matter of fact. I was like, and that was it. He took the LSAT and went to law school. (laughs) How does he feel about you running? He's so supportive. Um, I couldn't do it without him. Uh, he's nice. he's like my rock. Anything that I anything that I need, and um, you know, and he's there. He stays up at night and works on the works on the campaign. Checks emails. He's 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 a hands on husband. Well, before we get too far into the show, I want you to give everybody your campaign website and where they can get more information about you. Yes, my website is kennedy.com. That's Rhonda with no H R O N D A Kennedy.com. So say that again, Rhonda Kennedy at, or I mean, Rhonda Kennedy. Dot com. Okay. Say the whole thing again. Um, R O N D A Kennedy K E N N E D Y. Dot com. Dot C O M. Just Rhonda Kennedy.com. Not not Rhonda, Rhonda Kennedy, Kennedy for com. Congress, just RhondaKennedy.com. Just RhondaKennedy.com. I think it's I did a good simple. job of making sure people got that. <laughs> and the headline <laughs> yes, says, the headline says if she can handle triplets, she could certainly handle the country. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You're on timeout. Congress is on timeout right now. <laughs> are are you concerned be, about... Are you concerned about election integrity in your race and other races around the country? Because I, I honestly believe that the people of California cannot be that far off that they would keep electing these imbeciles in California that represent California. U.S. senators, U.S. congressmen, uh, and, and we could name a lot of them, but probably the worst one is Adam Schiff. I just can't believe that uh, given today's atmosphere in America – and the things you have described and the divisiveness that these Democrats have caused, that they could keep getting reelected, especially with the destruction of individual choice and liberty in this country. Uh, are you concerned about that and, and, the, and the possibility that you could lose to a computer instead of to an opponent? Absolutely. Um, does election fraud exist? Absolutely. I mean, the other side likes to pretend it doesn't exist, but that's, that's another case that I have in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals right now. I'm a plaintiff on, on a lawsuit for the 2020 election because I was, I, I truly believe I won my election. There was, it was so bad that the, the, the congressional staff of my opponent was actually sending word back to me looking for jobs. Because their polling had her losing, my polling had her losing, and then miraculously on election day, say now we have same day voter registration. On election day, there are 300,000 new registered voters that voted in my race, and I lost by 90 some thousand votes. So they almost didn't cheat enough for me because they didn't they didn't anticipate all the crossover votes that I got, and and so it, it, does it, do I feel it's going to happen in Adam Schiff's race? Absolutely, but again you have to overcome the cheating. We just can't say they're cheating, they're cheating, they're cheating. That's being handled in court. What we have to do for our own elections is we have to make sure that we have enough votes to even compensate for their cheating. So uh, yes. I anticipating extra votes. Yes, but I'm going to, I'm going to compensate for that. 
and they're not going to see it coming because I'm going to take his I'm going to take his Democrat votes. Yeah, good. Well, yeah, that's why I talked about the Republican platform, because that's separating enough. But it gives a chance to, for us to really learn if someone's a Republican or a Democrat or a constitutionalist. And I think Rhonda literally hit it out of the park when I threw that pitch because she basically jettisoned parties in general saying, look, I'm not a Republican Party puppet. Her guide is the Constitution, ladies and gentlemen. That is critical. And you can tell when you ask somebody an open-ended question like that, if they're like, oh, yeah, the Republican platform is incredible. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I don't live by a private platform. The Republican Party is a private party. Their platform is private. Yeah, there's a lot of good in it, but it isn't compared to the supreme law of the land. Just ask an attorney, Rhonda. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's it. I took an oath. It's the Constitution. Even before I took an oath, it was the Constitution for me. I was always fascinated by, you know, by its protections and and the history of the developing of this country, this absolute fight that we had, we were underdogs. I mean, there's no way we really should have won that war, but we did it by just sure will and determination. Cause there's almost, I mean, it's, it, it, it almost turned the other way. And, um, and so you have to be in awe at that. You just have to be in awe of how this country was founded. Yeah. The world turned upside down is what the British were singing. Right. Yeah, yeah, they did. And and, and you they know, I've always said. I'm sorry, I talked over you. Go it's ahead, okay. Robert. I would say the British, the British tried to come back and get their revenge in the War of 1812, but we got our Navy up in the War of Tripoli, and we got us. You know, that was that's where the Navy was was born. Was that was the War of Tripoli, and then when the, when then when the British came for us again, it was like, nope, we have a superior Navy now, which. Yeah, we used a, ter- a Spanish term called lo no tocas, right? Don't touch. Can't yeah. touch it. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Well, another one, too, is uh, I've always said, and Sam has heard me say this numerous times, uh, two great American miracles, and you alluded to it, Rhonda, and that is the victory of the Revolutionary War going to the colonists uh, against the greatest military power in the world, and then the follow-up to that was another miracle called the Constitutional Convention, where this great document was founded and promulgated and uh, delivered to the rest of us throughout history. And it is the greatest document to preserve God-given liberties that has existed in world history. It is. Amen to that. It is, and it just – Hey, r- Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rhonda, before we end, we've asked you a lot of questions, and hopefully it kind of put people on track to understand who you are and what you're doing. Our prayers are with your campaign. We back your campaign. Uh, we really want to stand with Rhonda, Rhonda Kennedy, who is working towards uh, being a rep on the U.S. level for California. She's running against Adam Schiff, ladies and gentlemen. RhondaKennedy.com is the website. But, Rhonda, we've asked all the questions. What would you just like to tell America? If you could say anything you want, what would you say? I would say this, that I would, I would ask for every single American's support because I'm the person that you want in your, con- in your corner when your country actually comes for you. And, you know, you take an oath to protect this country, protect the Constitution from both enemies, foreign and domestic. Right now we have domestic um, enemies within this country 
that are eroding your constitutional rights. Now, maybe you don't believe and you don't um, support the Second Amendment because you're not a gun person. But that doesn't mean that, you know, you, you shouldn't support the Constitution in general. They could be coming for your rights next. So I, I ask for everyone support. Rhonda Kennedy, ladies and gentlemen, rhondakennedy.com. God bless you. Thank you. We'll keep up on your campaign. For Sheriff Mack and Sam Bushman, God save the Republic of the United States of America. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries.
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Not much time left in the broadcast. Thanks for your patience. Sometimes transitions on the road are a little crazy. But, man, two hours of incredible radio. Rhonda Kennedy doing a phenomenal job. RhondaKennedy.com to learn more about her incredible candidacy. She's running against Adam Schiff. A Democrat, extremely liberal and crazy. I asked her about the Republican platform because I wanted to see if she would double down in defense of the Republican Party or if she would change the focus to, in my opinion, uh, the real issue, the supreme law that I am, the Constitution of the United States of America. And boy, howdy, when I tossed her that pitch, she hit it out of the park. Incredible. RhondaKennedy.com. We'll keep an eye on her. We'll keep an eye on our buddy Tom Jones running for the sacred cause of liberty. Uh, and we'll keep an eye on a lot of things going on. I'll be also recording a bunch of incredible um, interviews and, and events as I travel up the East Coast as well. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Hopefully it was educational and entertaining. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word, share the love, would you please? And I am Sam Bushman. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> 